I'm pretty impressed that you're speaking to us from a motorhome on the road. Yeah, and those photos that we got, the um, portraits, were basically on the side of a building near the airport. So we're like totally making it work on the fly, got to be honest. (laughs) From Women's Health Australia, this is Uninterrupted. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Gibbelagin. Imagine tipping yourself over the handlebars of a mountain bike while at full speed. Now, imagine you're doing it to become the first woman ever to land a front flip on a mountain bike. It's an extraordinary feat by any measure, but for triple threat on two wheels, Caroline Buchanan, it's just another day at work. Here we get into some big stuff with Caroline, who's a mountain bike and BMX world champ and Olympian. She talks to our executive editor, Cara Byers, about what it's like to dominate in traditionally male sports, why rejection is a gift, what it takes to tackle your fears head on and succeed, and how actually you don't necessarily need to find a role model or someone who's doing what you want to do, because you can be what you can't see. You're very impressive. You're an Olympian BMX world champion, mountain bike world champ, and a world record holder. But how do you describe yourself? Well, I think besides everything on the bike, I've always been pretty competitive, super ambitious with every goal I take on. Pretty resilient, I'd say as well. And yeah, definitely a a Scorpio. That's a a great way to describe some of my (laughs) traits. Yeah. Um, You recently became the first ever woman to land a front flip on a mountain bike. How does that feel? It was incredible. It was quite a quick turnaround for me to set that goal to land that front flip. I just narrowly missed out on selection for what was going to be my third Olympic Games to go to Tokyo for BMX racing. So I quickly, yeah, changed the direction of my goals. And literally when I got that one phone call that I missed qualifying, the next day I got another phone call to say like, hey, um, would you like to come to Germany? We're running this Audi 9s event, which is in the history. It's only been for the men. So they're like, you know, this is going to be a great opportunity to bring nine of the world's first females to go over to Germany and compete in this discipline called like free ride mountain biking. And I thought, you know, I'd love to be a part of it and go over there. And I'd landed some front flips to my airbag in Australia and sort of knew that, you know, that would be the platform to have that perfect environment to land a world's first yeah so I want to ask you more about this front flip but I just want to go back for a second because that's pretty interesting timing as life goes to one day have that call which you must have felt pretty gutted about to say you you hadn't qualified for the Olympics well yes and no because I think jumping back a few years I'd competed in the London Olympics then the Rio Olympics as well Throughout my career, I've always jumped between BMX racing and mountain biking. So my eight world titles are spread across both BMX and mountain biking. So I've really had my hand in both throughout my career and it's given me that longevity. And I've been able to really set goals in different career paths. So really with the Olympic Games, I knew the events that I wanted to qualify at, which were the World Cups, which were the final stops for qualification, they were the ones that got knocked off in the COVID calendar. So As we got closer to the Olympics, events started getting cancelled. It went into a discretionary period and some of the selection went back as far as 2018. So I'd spent three years off my bike and out with some major injuries. So I really knew that for me that that time frame wasn't going to be long enough for me to be able to put my best foot forward. 
So it was, yeah, one of those things. It was this amazing goal, which for me, it got my body strong again. When I returned to racing and you set a goal about trying to go to Olympics again, I knew that I needed to deadlift 140 kilos. I knew I needed to squat 130 kilos. I kind of knew the strength requirements to get to a BMX Olympics. So fortunately, when you set the bar there, it meant that, you know, my body was strong again. I recovered from all those injuries. My mindset was strong. And I was able to make that switch quite easily to go, all right, you know, what's this next challenge in, in my career? That's some gnarly deadlifting. Yeah. <laughs> 140 <Water> kilos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, I just, in my head, I've got this picture of you as a little girl who's just mad about bikes. How did you get into it? And what was it like from a, from childhood? Or yeah. how did you start? Basically, from like five years old. Um, so I was always interested in sport, basically all through school, did every sport I can get my hands on. I was really drawn to BMX racing, I think, the individual aspect of it. Really motivated towards having that ownership that I loved when success was on me, but I also loved when failure was on me. So I really quite early went towards those individual sports like BMX racing. And from the age of like nine, my parents traveled over to the world championships and it really opened my eyes in Paris as a nine-year-old girl to go like, this is the future of BMX. And I think it instilled quite young, like the hustle that I sort of needed to have to, you know, build a brand because there wasn't female BMXs making a career out of it back then. So quite early I saw, you know, that the road path ahead and how I needed to help not only build the sport of BMX in Australia, but globally, yet to even make a platform for me to be able to survive off it. So yeah, it's um looking back at 31 years old now to that nine-year-old girl heading over there. I mean, it's been quite a long career. Yeah, that's really impressive. And like props to your parents, because I mean, did they know anything about BMX or were you the person that introduced it to them? No, it was a real family sport. My brother did it. My dad did it. My dad's background was cycling. So yeah, genetically, I had that sort of sprinter build mm-hmm. within me. Yeah, as a family, we just did it together. And um, the sport of BMX is such a great grassroots cycling event that from there, so many athletes progress into road cycling, track cycling, all these other cycling disciplines. But yeah, it's really good sport because you can start so young. So now kids as young as two start in BMX on little balance oh, wow. racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So Let's just talk about your front flip for a second, because when I read about it, I was really blown away and my mind went straight away to what it takes to nail something like that. Um, what, so can you tell us what does it take? Was you just practicing it over and over again? What kind of mental barriers did you have to overcome? Yeah, so I'd seen one girl in freestyle BMX. Um, she'd done it, Charlotte Worthington. She actually went on to win the Olympic gold medal in freestyle. So I'd seen that it was being done by a girl in BMX. I hadn't seen it done on a mountain bike, which is a slightly bigger bike, which makes the rotation harder. So for me, yeah, it was, I guess you could say the platform and just everything I'd built throughout my racing career and mountain biking and this self journey of learning, like how I deal with fear, how I deal with pressure and how, you know, I mentally take on any challenge in the path. It was really that same process to really create a safe environment. So in my backyard, I invested into an airbag, which meant I could practice and train a little bit safer and have that stepping stone between going to an airbag before I then take it to dirt. 
So for me, yeah, it was like that safety box was like ticked. And then once I learned the process to do it, I landed about four or five times to actually go over to Germany. Um, yeah, by myself in a pandemic, knew I had to quarantine on the way back. I was like, you know, what? like I really don't want to get injured. So let's stomp this and nail it first time and come home. <laughs> um, so heading over there, yeah, I knew that it was mostly just going to be that commitment. Um, the jump was a little bit shorter than what was ideal but I was able to bring that rotation around just have that five seconds of courage and manage to nail it first time what did you feel like when you landed it it was incredible you know it was a very different feeling I think a world's first and a world's title they're very similar achievements but in the past it would it had been racing against my competition so you know it felt Mm. like this huge team of whether it's your mechanics and everyone who are there with you. Whereas for this one, it was really more like a self journey. It was overcoming your mind and your fear. And I guess those like limiting beliefs or those like walls you put on yourself. So yeah, to actually achieve something like that, uh, it not only has really opened up some amazing doors now for women's free ride and this crazy next generation of girls that are coming through that, yeah, like the level of progression now for that is incredible. But yeah, for me, I think it was definitely more that self journey and just that overcoming um, for me. Yeah, because just, I mean, so what do you do when you're about to do it? Do you just think positively, just think, I can do this and go for it? Or was was there a moment of hesitation and fear? Uh, Definitely. You know, I think it's always got to take that first one just to get it over and done with. I knew that my body was strong, so I was like, hey, if I don't land it first time, I know I'm probably going to be able to get back up and give it another go and just – critique the element that I needed to change if I didn't land it so my mindset was like I just need to overcome that fear and get that first one out of the way going through the process I knew like I had to lean back and where I had to pop the rotation that this logo on the ramp I just kind of knew the amount of effort and speed and rotation and things it was going to take there was a few guys there that actually helped tow me into it and had they had actually done it a few times before me so I was like watching them and getting some pointers so yeah, you know, you're that sponge in that environment. There's people there to support you. It's the perfect hype. There's all the cameras, the GoPro filmers, you know, every platform for to be able to do something like that. So, yeah, I think for me I was like I was just all in on that first one and that was like the perfect environment. Sounds amazing. So you're obviously a really high achiever in sport and you've spoken a lot actually while we've been chatting about setting goals. So how do you decide on what your goals are going to be and then how do you plan to achieve them? Yeah, I've always been, I guess you could say, kind of like OCD a little bit with my vision boards and like goals and planning. They've obviously changed a lot throughout my career because I've had BMX racing, I've had mountain biking. There's been all these uh, avenues that have had so many different sports. Some years I've tried to take on like three world titles in three different sports and other years it's Olympics and other years it's a bit more basic um, or it's just recovering from injuries. So every time there's different layers, but they really, for me, come back to the same principles. If I can set a goal that scares me and excites me, then I know I'm like pretty much in that right ballpark of upping my own personal progression. Um, But also doing something which is like, I'm a pretty passion driven person. So I try to like steer my goals towards, you know, things that do scare me and excite me at the same time. I love the, I've got 
a vision board at home and it basically has like my content so everything off the bike the brands I'm working with the endorsement deals the signature products like everything that we've got coming up um, I like to have that visually in front of me then there's obviously like the training layout so the weekly things that have to get done kind of your non-negotiables um, and then you know I put like my goals and focus and that's quite visual so whether it's Olympic rings or the logos of the events I'm going to um, so I like to just put it up all in front of me and it's really that accountability board you could say that mirror which I truly believe like that reflects um, so much of your success so to me it's that really good accountability to check back in and when you do put something up there you can be really honest with yourself to go you know am I actually putting the work in to achieve that goal or have I just put it up there and hoped it was gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) so do you take this vision board with you on the road as well no, I don't, but I always have photos and things like that. And then within my yeah. phone, definitely like, you know, the notes and things help. So, but I think it's just one of those things. If you like put it up there on the wall and, you know, your partner or your sponsors or your media, like whoever it is, like I really like to also lay out that as well. Cause I think that's a big part of accountability too, which helps you achieve your, your dreams. If you don't tell someone, you know, that's a big part of internalizing it. So I've always really found that by putting, you know, whether it's my yearly calendar or what I want to achieve or, for example, next year, you know, the next world's first that I want to do, I think by placing those seeds with other people, that helps definitely, like, manifest it too. Yeah. And I guess you drum up a lot more support that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So um, you're at the top of your game in what's traditionally been a male-dominated sport. What kind of challenges has that presented for you? Well, at the moment, I can honestly say like it's the best time to be a female in action sport. Like it's no better time now. I think the movement and all the hard work of, you know, the Lane Beachleys and all of these females that have been in action sports in the past that have helped open all these doorways, now as a female in these action sport environments, there's so many opportunities, so much growth. The brands now understand how to market females. They now realize like the whole asset that we have. So for now, it's like just such a positive topic. For me, you know, like I've had the last couple of years on a Nutrigrain cereal box, which was always, you know, a bit of a childhood dream for me. Um, I wanted to be on that cereal box. Was that on your board? I don't think it was on my board, but I just think as that little girl, you know, you see in the swimmers and the Iron Man and I said dad when's the cyclist going to be on the cereal box and all these years later they had an unstoppable project and yeah I happily was able to be a part of it so yeah I think definitely sponsorship wise and branding wise like now it's in an amazing spot to overcome it initially it was quite a challenge you know I was that girl in BMX racing that couldn't see what I wanted to be in the future there wasn't there wasn't girls making a career out of it. There wasn't Olympic Games at that point. So it wasn't even on the radar. It was just, this is what I love and what I want to do. And um, my dad, luckily, he was in IT as a business and understood marketing and brand and things like that. So before social media and all these platforms came out, he was already helping me like creative ways of, you know, how like you could self-promote. And I look back now and it's like all those little just fundamental tools that I think my family and different mentors and people around me, I was able to pick up. And that was a really big hurdle to basically jump into that and not be afraid to help sell the sport of BMX, 
get it onto this bigger platform. So that was probably the first hurdle is to really raise the elevation and the profile of the sport and then from there really work with brands and just continue to, um, yeah, not only be motivated but inspire, you know, and give back. So, yeah, I think that were like the levels that we've had to sort of jump through over the years and that was a big part of why I wanted to start also a scholarship program for girls and give back to. So you mentioned earlier what you have to do strength-wise to qualify as an Olympian, but what training do you do outside of biking to stay fit and competition ready? Yeah, well, it's definitely changed. Like for the really solid like 10 years of my BMX career, it was three gym sessions every week, two-hour gym sessions, those 90-kilo power cleans. It was just such raw Olympic lifts, a lot of bike time. Um, So it was really all about that power to weight ratio with mountain biking it's got a much higher skill element so a lot more mobility a lot more ability to hit the ground and get back up so a lot more mobility a lot more stretching but having more of like a general fitness base to get you throughout the year so I love more crossfit now that's sort of Mm. um, really trying to like find that balance from being in the gym and things my whole career to now yeah having more of like that balance um, to to be able to perform on the bike um, and just loving getting outdoors in general. So I use tools like an e-bike to really be able to like go further and, and put in those training miles. Um, so I've been enjoying that side of, yeah, having fun with my training lately. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you do to look after your mind? My mind, well, I have a little French bulldog, which I'm very much missing at home at the moment because we're in New Zealand for two months. So, yeah, definitely love French Bulldogs. You know, obviously, that family and great supportive network. My boyfriend, he also rides motocross and mountain bikes as well. So the fact that we're in that similar passions is definitely healthy for the mind as well. But I love just to, like, switch off. Um, we've got an infrared sauna, and I think that's probably one of the greatest tools, not only for, like, the body and detox, recovery, everything, but I think from a mindset point of view too, I can – get in there and just have this full reset sleep amazing and yeah I think it's probably one of the best tools in my mind nice I want one (laughs) um so how do you get yourself into the competition mindset um naturally I'm quite competitive so for me it almost has to like go the opposite way I need to like calm my emotions and you know really wait for that final moment so for me it's more focusing on my my breath work staying calm staying in the moment not going into the future not going to the past uh that's more of my preparation to just keep that energy stores where they need to be to prepare for whether it's a trick or whether it's a event or competition because I know yeah naturally for me when I get on that start line, you know, I'm definitely one that loves performing and can bring that energy up high. So it's more about maintaining the calmness coming in <laughs> is uh, more the focus yeah. for me. So there's, we spoke about this earlier when you were talking about Nutrigreen, but there's um, growing recognition at the moment that, especially for women in sport, you can't be what you can't see. Um, did you have female sporting role models? And if you did, who were they? Yeah, well, in my sport initially, no. Like I raced the boys until I was 12 years old. At my club level, I was just like in amongst the boys and racing them and right up until, yeah, 12, 13, then I started racing girls. So there wasn't a lot of role models in mountain biking or BMX as a female. 
I looked up to the boys. I had the boys as my posters on the walls. But once I turned about 14, that was when Lane Beachley helped me with her Aim for the Stars scholarship. So she was definitely that role model and that icon to me that was, you know, giving back and believing in girls like myself. So, yeah, she was, I think, definitely like a huge stepping stone and also a big reason why I started my Ignite scholarship as well. But I think the whole part, you can't be what you can't see. I'm like a proud advocate that you can (laughs) because for me, I couldn't see my career that I wanted to be but I've been able to create and forge that pathway um, throughout it. And now, you know, like the girls can see that you can do multi-disciplines. You can be a BMX athlete. You can be a mountain bike athlete. You can do both in one year. You can have sponsors that go across these different industries. So, you know, now it's incredible. And then this new wave of of free ride mountain biking and freestyle, which is really only just taking off in mountain biking now. Snow sports, um, skate, all these other action sports, they've had this huge progression over the last 10 years for females, but the doors are only just opening now for mountain biking. So, yeah, you know, I think it's just like repeating history again that I'm part of this movement again that all these girls can be what they want to see in the future. (laughs) It must have taken a lot of self-belief, though, and an incredible support network to be able to keep going for your dream, unless you're just, like, completely (laughs) single-minded. No. My parents were great. You know, they told me, obviously, initially, like, my dad is, like, you're really going to have to hustle and, you know, enjoy really building. And he had such a great IT background that I think helping give me those tools quite young of how to build my own website, how to write proper emails to sponsors, the digital side of it, so the creative side. Um, I think instilling that so young was a big part of realising to be able to create the opportunities in the future. So, yeah, I think it's been really a lot of that support, um, which has made a massive difference. And now with my girls' scholarship programs, you know, I give them those tools. I say to them you know like hey for like the past 15 years of my career like I've had mailing lists I've you know kept in those contact with sponsors built those relationships these are things you need to start now and the girls are going oh but I've got Instagram and it's like a CEO of a company is not going to be on Instagram on a Monday morning (laughs) checking his emails you know what I mean so just instilling so much of you know the tools that help me I think so much now back into these girls yeah, let's, let's talk about Ignite. Um, this is your scholarship and mentor program. Do you want to just tell us a bit about it? Yeah, so we actually just ticked over $100,000 of support back into Women in Sport this past week. So that was a massive milestone that I wanted to achieve. It started off as Buchanan Next Gen, which was initially a girls' team for two years, it then progressed into a scholarship program, and then has rebranded from Buchanan Next Gen into Ignite. And the basic structure of it now is it used to support BMX racing girls in Australia to get to the world championships. So it was not about, you know, not only the belief, but the exposure at that world level. Now that travel is obviously so limited, I was like, how can we restructure it to have direct impact over like a four month window to girls now in this landscape? And I opened it up from to BMX, mountain bike and motocross And it stems from 13-year-old girls right through to 19. So the age bracket, the diversity, the opportunities, everything is open. The girls basically like pitched their dream to me. So 
what Ignite does is ignite that dream and what they need. It's very specific to go, where are you now and where do you need to be in your career and what specifically can not only this $4,000 scholarship, this $1,000 content budget. So how can this $5,000 scholarship with my mentoring really make a huge impact? And the girls' applications have been incredible. They've been so diverse. Some have gone, you know, like I really understand the value of brand and marketing. So they've put towards this full package of getting their logos done and their websites and mailing lists and all this stuff. So they're like working with media specialists and um, other girls have gone, hey, I want to get to Europe next year. So I need to rebuild my whole motocross track and make it more European so that I'm prepared. So that was like a motocross angle. Um, Mm. And one of the other girls who's a freestyle BMXer, she uh, needed an airbag and some one-on-one coaching lessons. So Hers is very much directed towards being safe, elevating her tricks and having that asset of one-on-one coaching. So, yeah, you know, it's been so fulfilling now to watch not only ticking over that milestone but to actually see that direct impact. Um, and we're just about to ignite another girl this next week in BMX racing. So, yeah, $100,000 of support so far and a few more Ignite scholarships. So if there's any Australian businesses or global businesses that want to jump on, um yeah the platform's there (laughs) oh amazing so is this open to Aussie girls no matter where they're based yes currently um it's been open to Australian girls I do want to make it global so one of my partners ODI Grips they're potentially in the next few months going to ignite a scholarship to a California girl so that'll be of the same concept um so yeah it's really really open to any anyone but I really have that passion towards BMX mountain bike and moto so those two-wheeled action sport females um 13 to 19 year old amazing you must feel so proud of that it's cool you know I think I went through quite a lot of struggles to get to where I needed to be and um I just didn't realize like growing up I thought standing on podiums and having checks that were a quarter the amount of the men. I thought that was normal. You know, I thought that it was okay to get to an Olympic Games and my biggest partner was $7,000 and I'm still living off mum and dad at 21, you know. So I'm like, these things were normal and I'm like, that's not normal. (laughs) You shouldn't be at an Olympic Games level, a world champion and all this. Um, And that's like what you accept. So I love that you know, now it's such a healthy, positive environment um, and there are brands, you know, and opportunities for these girls. So, yeah, it's cool to give back from looking back to where I was at that age. Yeah, sounds awesome. Um, so what about women? And Have you got any tips for women wanting to get back on the bike or give BMX and mountain biking a go? Just get out there and give it a go. I think that's like step number one. The hardest part is obviously like with anything, you've just got to start. And um, stripping off that very first layer. I think for me, coming back from injuries, definitely you've got to be kinder to yourself through that process. Um, but it doesn't mean to not step into that. I think a big part is realizing the fear senses that your body gives you, you know, and that's such a positive. You're never going to just have that disappear. And everyone always says, you know, how do you not have fear in the sport you do? And I'm like, oh, I definitely have fear. <laughs> you've got to accept it because it's, trying to like protect you from what you're about to do but to realize that you can overcome it and you can manage it and you can bring that along 
the journey with you. So yeah, you know, it's it's learning to love the the anxious feelings. It's learning to love, you know, the nervousness and working through that. So for the most of all, you just got to get out there and give it that first go. Just really just start today. I hate that saying where it's like start tomorrow. It's like start today. <laughs> so is this ability to kind of transmute fear, anxiousness into something positive, is that spilled over into your into your everyday life outside of sport as well yeah definitely because sport for me is so much of my life but my life is sport like every it's all so intertangled intertwined um yeah yeah, and I think a big part of it is just like saying yes when you want to say no or starting today when you want to start tomorrow like all these small tiny things is what add up to biggest obviously career moments or literally just being prepared for when a door opens or when an opportunity happens. And um, I think that's why, you know, in my life, like when say one door closed with BMX and the Olympics, why the next day I could divert that attention towards a world's first in mountain biking and be prepared and ready. Definitely like I'm always scared. You realize that, but once you just like say yes and take it on, you know, the next one opens and it's that snowball effect. Amazing. So you've achieved such a lot, but is there anything that really stands out as your proudest achievement? Um, obviously, like I love that milestone we just spoke about with Ignite, but probably I would say like one of my biggest achievements was getting back on my bike again. So I think after spending three three years out of my sport, um, I had three sternum reconstructions. Uh, so I have all metal and bolts and hardware in my chest. I double punch and collapse both my lungs, punch in my heart wall. So I went through like a lot of um, trauma and heartache in those couple of years. So I think to just get back on that front line, strip away that fragile state and, yeah, to not only put my body and brain back on the, the line again but to step back into what I love, um, that was probably one of my like greatest achievements. Yeah, well, that sounds incredible. That recovery must have been a real mental game because three years, I mean, three years can be a long time. It can be a short time, but I imagine when you're in recovery, the, some days feel really, really long. <laughs> yes, definitely. And it was the complications of like almost being ready and then like a plate snaps and then going back into surgery and then nine months and you check back in, then nine months and you check back in. So, um, yeah, definitely to tested the resilience that's for sure um but yes now to be back that's one of my best achievements now to be back in nailing world first yes <laughs> everything will pass that was a saying that really helped me I was just like this too shall pass like there's always going to be another hurdle setback or opportunity the moment's going to pass so it's really about just how you embrace it and how you take on that next challenge or or opportunity I love that chat and I agree with Caroline that you can be what you can't see. If you are looking for more inspiring stories, pick up a copy of our March issue with Steph Claire Smith on the cover or head to womenshealth.com.au. And if you'd like to share one of your own stories with us, DM us on Instagram at womenshealthaus. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.